Uh, I'm ready to open the word. God has already visited us in a powerful way, Brittany. Amen. And, um, so, and the, thing, the thing is, we talk about the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit himself is a gift. And Jesus said, when I leave, I'm not leaving you by yourself. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to come to you. And isn't it amazing the way he said, the Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. But yet Jesus said, I will come to you. And so three in one. Um, so a lot of times we just think, that the gift of the Spirit is just to make us feel good. And you know what? When you're talking about the presence of God, who spoke the universe into existence out of nothing, this God has not only saved me, but is living inside of me, it ought to do something to us. But our faith is based on his word, not on our feelings. So there's times, I have to tell you, there's been times this week Based on human emotion and feeling, I didn't feel very saved. Oh, am I the only one? <laughs> Come on. Really? Huh? I mean, you know, that's where I just hold on to the Word of God and trust the Word of God. But, uh, but that, that time, you know, um, it's, it's a relationship. There are those times that, you know, you just trust and you walk on. Then there are those, those incredible times of just deep fellowship. That you enjoy that deep personal, intimate relationship with God uh, that just propels you forward. Amen. We need that. And, and that's part of what does happen as we come together. But I tell you, if I'm not worshiping God at all during the week, it's going to be kind of hard to get much when we come together. It's not something we come here to get. It's something we bring with us. So you think about it as we've all been walking with him and, and serving in the part of the body of Christ he's put us in all week long, fellowship with him, and then and we're worshiping him and we bring it together, that we come together with the local body and we begin to worship and we begin to be equipped and we begin to serve. That's powerful. That's why Jesus said two or three together. I'm right there, I promise you. Thank you for being here, Jesus. And I know God's gonna speak to us today. Whether I do any good as far as is my part or not, um, I'm just trying to operate in the gifts and the calling that God has given me, all right? Um, But I know God's going to speak because I'm going to open his book and read his word. This is God-breathed, so I know God's going to speak today. I was telling my class, which, by the way, we're starting a new class. It's not too late. If somebody, we got just a little bit of room left in that, in that room. We're going to take a few more. And we're doing a discipleship class, doing a basic doctrine, and it's, just, it's going to be powerful. It's going to be very, it's, it's going to be a little deep and, and all, but we start out, the first thing is the Bible. And um, it is the Word of God. We ought to all be open to this morning going, I get to read the word of God. This is God-breathed, right? And, and the Lord just reminded me that there are people in lots of places in the world that are at great risk of their own safety, smuggling pieces and bits of scripture into meetings and teaching it and memorizing it and exchanging with other people who have little scraps of pieces because it's illegal to own one of these books where they live. We are so blessed, and yet we take it like, eh, no big deal, Right? So I, I, it's a big deal, right? This is a big deal that we're here. And I know God's going to speak because I'm going to read from his word. And his word never returns empty or void. God is going to speak through his word. So last time uh, that I was preaching on this, I'm, I'm kind of jumping back in here because part of the reason that God's presence is in us isn't just to make us feel good about our salvation and our life and everything. That happens but what, the real reason is that he wants to gift us so he can use us. So that Jesus is doing his work in this world through his people who are empowered by his spirit. 
I just said a mouthful right there. Man, that is it. And that's why I gifted God's tools for building his kingdom. Now, if you remember, uh, it's been, I was gone. Ray was here last week, did an awesome job. So it's been like three weeks. So some of this has got some review built into it, all right? And we have like that last message we talked about, the best kind of re-gifting that God gives us a gift, so we re-gift it, right? It's to be used tools for building his kingdom. Anybody remember that? It's online. And, 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 and listen, I'm not just up here doing my thing. I mean, this is teaching from the word of God that God's put on my heart, and it would do good to go back and listen to that. Uh, you, can, you got that ability, and if you didn't hear it, you need, it, you need to hear it. All right, so that's on heart, www.heartvillefwbchurch.com. You know, it's not too hard to remember, is it? Anyway, you can find it. You can find it. All right, so, um, and, and today we're going to, I want you to find uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12 one more time. And um, we talked about the best kind of regifting, but, you know, by now... We've gotten, we, we were talking, this worked out great because we could talk about Christmas and, you know, we do gifts at Christmas and this is like gifts of the Spirit, right? The Spirit is a gift and the gifts that he gives us to be tools in the Master's hand, right? Okay, um, and we talked about how that sometimes, you, you know, you get things you don't want to do with and you re-gift it, right? But God's gift that he gives us, he wants us to re-gift because it's the whole purpose why he gives it to you is to give to others. Um, but by now, you know, there's some things you've done forgotten about that you got and there's some things that like, well, you know, no, it was great, but now I've kind of gotten over the thrill of this new thing that somebody gave me, and um, and I may be looking at something that that God gave you. And here's what I'm saying: you know what? I don't have that. I really need your gift. Can you share it with me? You think about like the most amazing thing somebody got you for Christmas, and if I come up and say, "Hey, I don't have one of those. Would you share that with me?" You might be like, "Ooh, well, hmm." Okay, all right, uh, maybe, maybe not. This is whole, totally different. This is totally different. Uh, and, and the fact is, is that last time we approached it from how that what God gives me, he wants me to give to others. And I want to flip that today and talk about what God gives you. I have to recognize that I need. I need you. And you need each other. You need me. Okay, uh, just to review a little bit, that uh, find 1 Corinthians 12. The gift of grace, that's God's gift of salvation, is given to you by God for your benefit and your salvation. This is from three weeks ago, all right? God's grace, that's God's gift he gives you for you, for your benefit, for your salvation, right? The spiritual gifts given by the Holy Spirit, now the Holy Spirit is given by God to be in your life, that's to benefit you, to help you. But the gifts that the Spirit gives you in Scripture, you're always going to find how that these gifts were given to us by God for the benefit, not of us, but of others. That spiritual gifts are not given for your benefit, primarily they're given for the benefit of others. So you see how that works. All right. Now, remember, basic idea here, and this is what he's teaching in 1 Corinthians 12, every believer, that means everyone who has put their faith in Christ and been saved. If you've been saved, you are placed by the Spirit of God into the body of Christ. Right? Look at it. It's right there in chapter 12, verse 13. For by one Spirit, we were all, he used the term, we are baptized into one body. We're baptized. He identifies us into the body of Christ. He places us into the body of Christ. 
We're all baptized into one body. It doesn't matter your ethnic background, uh, your social background, or anything else. We're all one body. So that's happened. Every believer is a living part of the body of Christ. If you're saved, according to the scripture, you're a part of Christ. And this is just an illustration. Uh, uh, This is something new that happens in the New Testament. You know, we understand about being part of the family of God, and God is our Father, we're brothers and sisters, but he takes it a step further. It says it's like a body. Jesus is the head, and you're the body. You're all connected to each other. You're all connected to Christ. He's the one that directs the body, and you all have a function. Yeah, every part of our body has a function. Ah, this is good. Uh, each one has a gift. He's, he, he gives us, and some of it is works with our natural abilities and the way he made us. Like, um, part of my thing is, is speaking, and some of the gifts and the callings of God in my life come along that line. Now, God made me with a big mouth already, and I said maybe one reason why God called me to preach is because he knew I was going to keep my mouth shut anyway, and so why not just use it, right? But, but here's the thing is that that can be used for not good as well. Because even when I was a kid, I had a bad problem with saying words and things that I should not say. I really did. I had a real problem with that. Uh, my mouth has always got me into more trouble than the rest of my body could get me out of, right? So, so sometimes even in those areas of where you're talented or whether you're gifted or whether, whatever you want to call it, you can use it not for God. Um, so, but we have a gift. Each one does. And that is a spirit. You have some that supernaturally, the Holy Spirit's going to give you abilities to do things that as of right now, and we're going to talk about how this works. I'm not going to get very far. Boy, I had this great message ready. And as I was going over it and going over it, I'm just like, you know, I just, I just have to be totally honest. This is a three hour sermon. And I really don't think you're going to even make it through half of it. So I'm going to have to is it okay to, times, we, life's a vapor, right? I want to get it in there. But uh, it's just so heavy on me. But I just, I want to be mindful of you because I want, I want you to, um, well, hey, I, here's an illustration that comes from my brother. You know, we were having a great time off two weeks ago, and uh, I did have an awesome time out west uh, snow skiing, and I'm thankful that I can still do that. I'm not real good, but it was just, like, amazing. I had such a great time of just being, uh, of just, just kind of, dialing it down and focusing on the Lord and, and, and the beauty. And I tell you, I was one time on the ski lift by myself and uh, somebody may have just thought, who's that idiot up there hollering? I just felt like, whoa, because it was just so, Lord, you're just so good to me. This is awesome. And, um, and, and about that time, we go over this deal where there's a guy skis by. He thought I was like, whoa, yeah, you're doing good. I wasn't. I was praising God. But when we got down, you know, I didn't get hurt, and I wasn't terribly sore. And it's like, me and my brother are like, man, we hate to leave. We just hate to leave. And that last run down the mountain, we came down, and the ski lift was about to close. And I'm like, you know what? If we can get on there, there's just like three minutes till it closes. We can just get on there. You know, they, they take you to the top. We can come back down again. And I thought, no, this has been so good what if something happened? You know, maybe I need to just call it because I'm tired. That last time down, my legs were getting a little, a little heavy. Uh, it would be better because it'd be better to leave longing for more than like sick of it or something bad, right? And my brother said, you know, that might be something good to remember on Sunday mornings 
right? It's like there's so much more. I just don't want to leave it. And, you know, I'd rather leave you longing for more than, as, as Warren Wiersbe used to say, leave them longing rather than loathing. Okay, so I'm going to break this down and we're going to look at just a few things of this because there's just so much that God wants to do because uh, we're really good at coming together and, and doing Sunday meetings. And he said not to neglect that. There's special power. In fact, that's where we come together to be equipped. That's where we come together to be prepared and that you are connected to all these people. There is no one that you find, this is a big emphasis today, that is part of the body of Christ, but what they're connected to others. You can't be, and, and, and that's where the problem comes in because I love the Lord and it's great with him, but his people sometimes can be hard to deal with. See, this is where we are really forced to grow and to overcome. And I want to tell you, some of the people who have failed me or disappointed me or hurt me or whatever, offended me the worst, I've seen God turn around and them be the very same people that God has used to help me and to bless me and to encourage me the most. And sometimes when you cut people off and you do what he says don't do, you don't forgive and you don't forget, you're eliminating the power of Christ in your life because he wants to work through those people in your life because whether you like it or not, they are part of the body, the same body you're part of. All right, I kind of got carried away there, but let's, let's focus again. So what are the purpose of the gifts? And you're going to see this come out in the scriptures that they are, are like everything or to glorify God. If what we're doing doesn't glorify God, it's not from God. It's not for God. And they are also used by God to minister. That means serve, right? Minister means serve. And to help build up others. It's like, you know, the minister at a church should be like, you know, not the CEO. He should be the server. Okay, that's just what the Bible teaches, right? Um, Used by God to minister and to help build others up. That's the purpose. That's why he gives them. Not just so you can say, boy, I got this, or I can do that, or God's done this in my life. It's so that God can do something through your life and other people's lives. Are you following me? Are you? Okay, good, good, good. I, I can go on. Oh, I'm not ready for that. Well, don't look at that. All right, here we go. So they're given to glorify Christ in this world, every one of us, to serve those around us, to lead sinners to salvation, and then help them grow as disciples, to build up fellow believers in the body of Christ, his church. Now listen, if what we're doing is not accomplishing at least one of these things, it's not a spiritual gift, it's not a ministry, it's something else. So today we're focusing on not just re-gifting, but how much we need each other's gifts. Because here's what I've learned. Are you ready for this? A good part of what God purposes to do, listen, what God purposes to do in my life, he wills to do it. He plans to do it through other members of the body. A good part of what God wants to do in your life, he plans to do it through other members of the body. According to Paul, in the chapter that we're going to look at here, According to, this isn't just my theory, okay? According to what Paul is saying here in the word of God, that if you want to experience all the power of Jesus Christ in your life, you have to be connected to other believers. 
It makes no sense to ask God to use you and work in your life in a powerful way if you are not personally and intimately connected in a local church, a local gathering of believers, because we're part of a body, right? In whatever part of the body you are, you won't do too good if you're chopped off and isolated by yourself, right? i.e. Phil's thumb, right? Remember that illustration? I know, and, and I'm picking on him. He loves it, he loves it. When I was first talking about how that illustration and, you know, how my thumb is so handy and, you know, but if it wasn't attached to my body, it wouldn't be good and all that. And I'd forgotten about his accident and he, he came and he says, all right, buddy, <laughs> you know. But, but that's true, isn't it? It's, it's true. Um, talk about how we all have different functions. We all have different gifts, you know. And, and, and it's just like, um, you know, I, I'm thankful for my fingers and toes. And just like the thing that I always illustrate is how that they're, different, they're good at different things, right? And um, I, like I can pick my nose a lot better with my finger than my toes. It's just, you know, uh, it's, it's just that, that we, have, we, we don't do the same things. And that's what he's teaching here. And you're going to see this as we read this passage. Okay, we're going to start in verse 18 of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And here's what he says. Um, We've looked at a lot of this already, and we're going to be coming back and forth and all. But anyway, he says, but now God has set the members, each one of them in the body, just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? If it was all just an arm, where would be the rest of it, right? But now, indeed, there are many members. Read it with me. Yet one body. Many members, one body. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I, don't, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, much rather. Those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor, and our unpresentable parts have greater modesty. But our presentable parts have no need. But God composed the body, having given greater honor to the part which lacks it. Why? That there should be no schism or division in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. And if one member suffers, all members suffer with it. For if one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now you are the body of Christ and members individually. And God has appointed these in the church. There's order, there's structure in the body. We're barely going to get to this part. It says, first, or chiefly, primarily, first of all, he says, apostles. Secondly, down the list, prophets. Thirdly, teachers. And then after that, and these things are just kind of like, after this, Miracles, then gifts of healing, helps, administrations, variety of tongues. And there are several different lists and several different passages. It doesn't really seem that the Bible gives us an exhaustive list of all the different gifts that God may use in our lives, okay? But he asked the question, so, you know, if, all, if the whole body was one member, then where would be the body, right? So he's taking that thought. So he asked the question, are all apostles? Obviously not. Are all prophets? No. Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Do all have the gifts of healing? No. Do all speak with tongues? No. Do all interpret? No. 
But he says, earnestly desire the best gifts. And, and I'm going to show you a more excellent way. We're going to talk about that excellent way, Lord willing, next week. Okay, maybe. We'll see. Okay. Uh, so there is right here, when we see that how we need each other's gifts, it's built in. It's supposed to be that way because there is unity in diversity. Did you see that? There's an old saying that um, if you and someone else are exactly the same, then what? One of you is unnecessary. Right? Remember that? Yeah, I hope you do because I've said that before. You should remember it. Okay? Okay. Um, God has set you, verse 18, has set you in the body as he pleases. He sets every member in the body as he pleases. Sometimes the struggle is to simply be who God made us to be. You don't have to be. See, like we're all imitators in America. We've got to be like the celebrities, be like this, be like that. You be like you. I heard a guy one time, and he said it this way. Be who you is. Right? Because if you is who you ain't, then you ain't who you is. He was probably from Arkansas. Right? Sometimes I start, I've been down there, and when I come back, Chris says, you sound like your, you know, your brothers. And I <laughs> sound like my native self. I heard another preacher the other day say that, you know, he was from another state. He had moved to Arkansas, was preaching, and he says that, you know, I had to learn to speak banjo. The banjo? We don't speak banjo. Hey there, how you doing? You know, what y'all talking about? What y'all? Uh, and and all, maybe we do. But, you, you know, we, we just learn. These are the different dialects, you know, that, that God helps us. Okay, well, anyway. But God sets you in the body as he pleases. And sometimes you just struggle to be you. Be the you that God made you to be. Because somehow or another we think in order to be important, in order to be successful, in order to be useful, we got to be like this or be like someone else. How about you be like you? You don't have to be like me or anybody else. As far as following Christ, we should look like Jesus. But as far as our functionality, we're all different and we go about things differently. I had a pastor talking to me about uh, learning, uh, preaching in a little different way and and. You using notes differently and all that. And I'm like, you know, you might see, but maybe you just need to be you because I don't even want to tell you how I do it because you might try to do it like I do it, which barely works for me, and it may not at all work for you, right? Be you. Um, So what if everybody was like you? (laughs) Woo! Lord help, there's a thought. Verse 19, if all were one member, where would the body be? If everybody was like you, then there would be no us. It would all just be you. I wonder if that's what some people really want. If everybody can't be like them, like what they like, do what they do, every little slant of every little preference be just like them, they don't want anything to do with anybody else. That's why they have trouble finding a church where they fit. Those contrary body parts. If everybody was like you, there would be no us. So there are many members, he says, uh, in verse 20, but only one body. You know what that means? That person may be here today, may be in your family, may be where you work. They may be go to a different church and they think our church is the only church that's going to heaven type thing. But here's the truth. If they're truly saved, if they're truly saved and their name is written in heaven, they're part of the body of Christ. And if you're saved, your name's written in heaven, you're part of the body of Christ. That means you guys are connected. That means somehow or another we got to be functioning together, right? Amen? Okay. So that means verse 21. This all is, we're just, stay, stay with it. You got your Bible ready? Yeah, are you, have you got it? Are you seeing it? Okay. 
Are you using your app or tablet? Hold it up there. Yeah, how many tablets? How many Bibles? Uh, Wow. Okay, it looks like, okay, maybe just a few more hardbacks than software. Oh, anyway. (laughs) So so you can't say, verse 21, that I cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, and the head to the feet, I have no need of you. So I can't say to you, there's something that I can't say. I can't say, you can't say, I don't need you. You can't say that. Because it would be just like the head saying to the feet, I don't need you. Yeah, you do. How are you going to get where you're going, right? Uh, so forth and so on. So the different parts of the body even require different care. I mean, he's, don't carry this illustration too far, but he gives a basic illustration here that helps us understand uh, where, what this is. He says that, In verse 22, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. Well, he just mentioned the eye, didn't he? The eye's pretty weak. I mean, you can come and punch me in the shoulder, and my arm will do okay as long as you don't just get crazy with it, right? But if you punch me or thump me in the eyeball, we're going to have some problems, right? It's more vulnerable. It's weaker. But because it's weaker doesn't mean it's not as important. It's very important. It's very important. Even the weaker parts of the body are equally important, and you actually, the rest of the body works to protect them. Hmm? You come up and try to poke me in the eye, you know, like three stooges, boing, all that, right? I'm going to, my, my, the rest of my body's going to jump in there like, you ain't doing that, shield, right? Huh? So that's what he's saying here. Not exactly like that, but he's saying that, that those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary, and the members of the body which seem to be less honorable, we bestow the greater honor, and the unpresentable parts, we should show more modesty, like God did, you know, by keeping them covered. Understand? Yeah. Boy, I could give some illustrations here, but I think I need to move on. I got some running through my head. Yeah. Um, so, uh, and, and that's, that's the thing. That, you know, this is how the body works. That We're not all the same. We don't all come from the same place. And there's ways we help cover and strengthen and protect and build up one another. Because why? We are one. Some of the most weak and tender parts are the most important. So what's the point? What's the point? Well, the whole point is in verse 25. He says that there would be no schism or division. That word schism really comes from the Greeks uh, that sounds like it. I, I had it, but I just lost it. Uh, schismata or something like that. No, something like that. Let's just go with that, okay? It, but it, it means to be divided, to be to be cut apart. And so is, that's what we don't want. But yet, as I'm looking around in the churches and the body of Christ, I see that constantly. There's constantly division. There's constantly schisms. And if you know anything about Corinthians, and I shared it three weeks ago, how that you go back and read this whole book, they, that was the big problem that they had. There were divisions. There were all kinds of fighting. In fact, in chapter 11, when you guys come together, it should be for good, but it's actually not because you guys are doing a lot of bad stuff. And, 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 you know, all kinds of fighting, all kinds of problems. This was a sick church. And one of the areas that they were sick in is their fellowship and understanding how the Spirit of God wants to work in us and through us and understand even how spiritual gifts work. 
It seems like a lot of them wanted the flashy gifts, you know? And he's not understanding that the weaker parts are just as important as the, as the stronger parts. And, and those hidden parts really get more honor and more care than the ones that everybody's out here seeing. Because I want to tell you something. Some of the parts of this local body that God is honoring, he's honoring them, and he's going to honor them over there, are ones that you don't see. In other words, it's not me. I may be up here and people see, but I want to tell you, I only have a few gifts. And I don't always use them to the extent that he wants me to. How about you? We all got some growing to do here? This is where this church becomes something different. Because we'll talk about, boy, we got a good church. Boy, we had church today. You know, what does that even mean? I know I mentioned this three weeks ago, but the thing about it is, is you're talking about what we do on Sunday. 90-something percent, I haven't figured it up, but I'd say 90-something percent of the work of this local body does not happen right here in these rooms on Sunday. Besides, when you're here, how can you say we really had, you know, it, I hope it was good, I hope it, it built us up, I hope God taught us, I hope it propels us to do then what we're supposed to do as a church, right? But what, what a lot of times we think it's a Branson show, and as long as we just have a performance and all of that, and the preacher's like fun to listen to and says, and does, you know, does it the way I like it, you know, and all of that, then boy, that was good, you know, I did that, I'll, I'll do it again next week, hallelujah, amen? And, but it's all to prepare you for what you're going to do tomorrow, Right? I mean, I want to be interesting. I want to rightly divide the word of truth. I, I want to work really hard to keep your attention. But it's not about that. It's about the word of God and you being equipped and me being equipped. So here's what happens on Sunday. There's only a handful of gifts being used here. So this is not the work of the church here. Most of the ones with the, the most honorable gifts and things that God's going to use are right out there. And people aren't going to see it. They're not going to see it up here. I want to tell you, he sees it up there. And that's why one of these days when Jesus, this this gets me, where Jesus talks about how the first will be last and the last will be first. I'm afraid there's going to be times, I could just see myself standing up there. and You know, the Lord says, enter in you good and faithful service. But we're standing for the judgment seat of Christ. And, 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 you know, there's a whole thing of of being rewarded for our faithfulness and things like that. Um, He talks to the Corinthians about that in chapter 3, by the way. And the Lord's saying, oh, wait, wait, our whole church is there, you know. And I'm like, here I am. And the Lord says, excuse me, excuse me, would you, would you go back there? <laughs> and some of the rest of y'all, come on up here. <laughs> That's probably going to happen. Because some of the main faithfulness and work of the ministry isn't happening through me here. It's happening through some of you, and you think nobody knows it, but I'm telling you, God knows it, and everybody's going to know it on that day. Okay? And this is all being part of the body. And, 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 and that's the problem that some of the Corinthians had. We want those gifts that are flashy and out there, you know? I want to do amazing things and people say, whoa, look at the power of God there. That's not where most of it's happening. It's happening behind the scenes. And uh, so God's purpose, see, he says, I don't want there to be any division because what I lack, he says, that there be no schism in the body, verse 25, that the members should have the same care for one another. Did you hear that? The same. Nobody's more important. It doesn't matter what social class, what ethnic, what whatever. Everybody is equally important. Everybody, it says, that um, should have the same care for one another. One another. One another. One another church. It's about one another. You can't get away from that. If one member suffers, 
Well, we all hurt. If one of us is rejoicing, don't be envious, you rejoice. All right? Uh, This is what he's saying, that what you lack, I might be able to supply. And what I lack, you may be able to supply. We need each other. We need God's gifts of grace working through one another so that there is no gap, there's no division, there's no schism in the body. Everyone's equally important. So God's purpose for you involves a whole lot more than just you getting to heaven. Hmm? I'm just going to go halfway through this message. We're going to talk about the structure in the church later. He appointed apostles, prophets, teachers, so forth and so on. Uh, You're going to see how he's put this together. Because there is structure in the body. Nobody's more important than the other. Right? Okay. But I want to just focus. If we could just do some good here. Okay? Because God's purpose involves a whole lot more than what a lot of people think. For a lot of people... It's just about getting me out of earth and into heaven. I'm going to church. Why? Because I want to go to heaven. I want to go to church because I need to hear preaching, and it helps me a little bit, and, you know, and, and God wants me to go, and I don't want to be like, you know, die suddenly in some accident this week, and the Lord say, hey, where you been? Right? So I'm here. And because if I wasn't here, I'd feel bad about it. Well, I need to be there. And, and, and I'm running to people all the time like, boy, we need to be there. We need to be there. And I want to say, yeah, you do. But that's not all. Why are you here? Because God's purpose is more than just attending services and suffering through the sermon. And then trying to go and not do any of the nasty nine or the dirty dozen sins. <laughs> if that's all your Christian life is, you're missing it. No wonder it's boring to you. No wonder it's a struggle and impossible for you. But too many people, that's their focus. I want to tell you, heaven, that is so awesome we can't imagine, the new body. It's like all of a sudden, somewhere a few years ago, the Lord flipped a switch in my genetic code. And everything started changing. It has. I'm just like, it's like, this is no good. Eh? You know, all of a sudden... Things start changing colors, right? And, and, and all of a sudden, things aren't working right. And all of a sudden, the doctor's saying, well, you know, I really am concerned about blah, 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 blah. Crazy blood test. I need some lipids in my blood, okay? Thank you. I'm going to turn it into energy. Well, it doesn't look like, never mind. But things aren't like it was, you know? You go to bed at night. And you're so tired, you can't even watch the news. Oh, I meant to watch the weather, but now I missed it. Thank God for DVR, right? Back up, back up, right? But, yeah, right? Yeah. Rolandi, he sits down. He may be, no, he's awake. Okay, anyway, you know, sit down and this is like, you, uh, but then you go to bed and you just conk out. You sleep two hours and all of a sudden you, you're awake. It's like, okay, I'm not getting up. It's like three o'clock in the morning, but I can't go back to sleep. And you just like. Why is this happening to me? All these different things, you know. Uh, but things, things are, are, are changing. Things are happening. And it reminds me of just how much that life is a vapor, okay? So here's what it does. It reminds me of how much I need to make the time that I have count the most for God. 
It's getting squeezed now. See, before you think, yeah, I know, you know, it's out there. But, but now I'm realizing, boy, you know, the, 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 the shadows are getting longer, okay? And, and I want to make the most out of it. I want to use what health I have to, to be used for God, amen? And um, you know what? I'm looking forward to the fact of having a new body someday. How about you? Yeah, amen. One that will never age or grow old or be ugly, right? <laughs> you know, we can have all the, you know, Jesus ate fish with the disciples after he was resurrected. You know, we'll have all that we want. We're never going to get unhealthy or whatever. And, and it's just going to be awesome. We're going to enjoy the new heavens and new earth. I can't imagine. And if he told us too much about it, we wouldn't, we'd just be sitting around wanting to think about it all the time. But here's the thing. <clears throat> That's the icing on the cake. After talking about lipids, I'd rather say gravy on the potatoes, right? That's gravy. Um, that's, that's just the icing. The real part is right here, right now. Because the purpose of God isn't just to get you out of here and into his family in heaven. It's this. He wants to give you meaning and purpose even for that sometimes miserable, discouraging life that you have. Where you work and work only to get up and go do it again. And it just seems like, what is it? But guess what? You're a light. You're a, you're a part of the body of Christ that's in this world. He has meaning and he has purpose, even to the boring and mundane parts of your life. Okay? And he wants to do his work uniquely. Because here's what I'm saying, is that you're unique. And even the gifts of the Spirit that even fall in some of the categories that he gives us are going to be different in your life than they are in my life because you're unique. And God's going to do unique things through you. And you know what? Also, I believe I just catch it, and I'm not even getting into this. I'm just going to save it, okay? Okay? Sorry? I'm going to save it because I want to really do it, and I'm fighting it so hard right now. But here's, here's the thing. There are even some things God's going to call you to do that you know you can't do, and you say, I'm not gifted in that. But for a moment, God may give you a supernatural gift and ability to do and perform something for his kingdom's sake, for his glory, and to minister to others that you can't do. And it may be a one-time thing, or it may be permanent. I'm just saying, there's no end to this as we trust him. And here's the thing. Different ones have different gifts. I'm going to tell you, when I have a problem, I have a problem, I want all of you praying for me. But you know what? There are certain people that I begin to see have certain gifts in their life that sometimes if I'm having a physical problem, there are certain people I may seek out to pray about that. You know, sometimes when I'm needing wisdom and things like that to apply the word of God to a specific situation, there may be certain people that I know that God has given a certain gift to that I may seek out for a word of wisdom or knowledge or whatever it is. Man, I need you. Because there's so many things that God says, you're just one part. It doesn't make any sense for my hand to think it can do everything. There would be no body. There would be no body. Nobody. But you're all somebody. Part of his body. And we're all members individually. And so this is the thing. Um, All right, I'm going to skip... All this, oh, I can't, I'm not even going to do that. I'm not going to do that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm going to skip. I'm just going to say that. What he wants to do in your life isn't going to happen without being connected to each other. And if I don't let you be used of God, I'm going to miss 
a lot of God. Now, the enemy has found some pretty easy ways to interfere, hasn't he? It doesn't take much for some of us. And all of us struggle with this. And I wonder sometimes when the enemy who watches things very closely, although he's not all-powerful or all-knowing, when he begins to see how God is ministering in your life through someone, he's going to bring something up. He's going to cause something to happen. There's going to be a mistake made. Yes, I'm not saying just a misunderstanding, but we do make mistakes, do we not? That's why he taught us to pray that I forgive others their debts like you forgive me. Because it's going to happen. And the devil has a pretty easy way of stopping something that he sees God's trying to do in my life through a fellow member of the body. Because he'll get me to separate and cut myself off. Because my feelings are hurt. It happens all the time. And as a pastor, I get my feelings hurt. But I see it happening among people and I ache for that. And you just can't even talk to them about it. And it's like, you're not hurting them, you're hurting you. And you're, you're short-circuiting what God wants to do in your life. Because you're part of the body. And I can't say to you, I can never say, I don't need you. Because I do. I do.